Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Great. Well, shoot. Howdy. Uh, welcome to the last of the What Love Does series. It's been a great series so far. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, this series has been about what love does. So it's seeing love as more than just an emotion or a feeling. It's, it's a verb. It's a doing word. It's the actions we take. And we've been studying what love does in the Bible, what God does through love. Um, so we've done a few weeks. We've done love weeps with those who weep. Love removes the obstacles that prevent us from getting to him. Love serves by example. Love is demonstrated on the cross. And love encourages the discouraged. And we are finishing on this week, which is love sends us to share his love. Love sends us to share his love. And this is referring to, of course, the Great Commission, when, um, when Jesus died and was resurrected. And he gave this mission to his disciples, um, which is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, if you please. Thank you. Um, so, from Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, which is a pretty impressive authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Sounds kind of familiar if you've ever been to a baptism service. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I've also added under there uh, a few other sentences from the Amplified Version, which gives, help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my word. So this was the mission for the disciples. This was God sending them out to share the good news of Jesus and to share his love with others. Why? Because Jesus loves people. (laughs) Shocker. But this was... His great way of showing love to other people. And I didn't have it in my notes, but I remember, I think it's Acts. Um, it phrases it as, he sends the disciples to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, which was a huge, huge mission to have. And if you remember, Samarians and um, the Jews as well, they didn't get along either. So it was crossing barriers, um, not just borders, but also cultures and um, to people who would have never heard this good news. And, I mean, we're all here because of it, so (laughs) that's pretty good, isn't it? Um, Yeah, because someone had to come to the UK and see it. Someone had to go to America, Hong Kong, Africa. That's where they had to go. And because this was the mission for the disciples, it's also our mission to share the good news. And I have to be honest, personally, I struggle with this kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Because I'm fine speaking up here, because I have a script. I can, you know, I know what I'm going to say. But when it's a one-on-one conversation with a person, it's a completely different story. That can go any number of places, and I really struggle with it. It's just, you know, there's so much pressure to carry the conversation. It's almost like a burden to me. Probably not the same for you, but to me, that's what it feels like. Like, you have to ask an interesting question. And when someone asks you a question, for some reason, my mind goes blank. So I could give you the fact of, oh, what's the new movie coming out or, you know, an animal fact or something like that. But the moment you ask me, how was your week? I I don't know. (laughs) Did it happen? I don't know. I'll just say good and leave it at that. 
and then 10 minutes later, I remember, oh, yeah, there was that one thing I could have mentioned. Yeah. But imagine how much pressure there is then to mention God and, you know, creation and this idea of the Bible and Jesus and um, of Jesus and God loving you specifically. That's a huge, huge thing to, like, mention in a conversation casually. So I understand that we all kind of struggle to bring that up sometimes. But it is our mission all the same. And, yeah, we all have God on our side. And usually for these types of preachers, I'll do, like, a structure and, you know, I'll use an acronym or something. But I, I got, like, a mishmash of things. So excuse me for the mishmash of things I'm going to give you. So... Um, my first point is sharing is caring. Everyone knows this one, right? It's a very common phrase. But it's so true. Sharing is caring. You can show to someone that you care about them by sharing. And, I mean, you could even use that vice versa. But, you know, it's a very popular phrase and it means a lot. And nowadays we share a lot about ourselves. I mean, we have social media nowadays, so we share with our family, our friends, friends of a friend, you know, it just these aspects of our lives and um, it's really quite crazy when you think about it that we just share our lives with all these different people um, not just on social media but with different people and it made me wonder what how do I share my faith on stuff like that do I share my faith as much as I talk with people as much as I do on social media and stuff like that do I share that side of myself that aspect when something incredible happens do I share it with other people and say God is good do I do that kind of thing? And it did make me think of this one time that I did do that. And it was an Instagram post I made ages ago. I do not. I'm not a social media person at all. Um, but I made a post, and it was during 2020. Um, it was just as my college had closed down. And there was a lot of uncertainty around. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. There was a bunch of uncertainty of how things were going, um, especially among students. We didn't know what was gonna happen. I mean, we didn't get to take our final exams. We didn't know if we could get into the uni we wanted, how things would work out. So I basically made a post saying about God's plan and how I moved to Warrington two years before and how I was so uncertain about that and how incredible it ended up being and how you know fondly I look back on that now because that was a part of God's plan. It wasn't my plan. That was not what I wanted at all at the time. I mean, I had it all figured out. I wanted to go to um, this college all my friends were going to and you know the church was okay I guess but you know things definitely improved as I moved and it was a hard thing to see when you move but you know and I want to share that, that that even though there's uncertainty that there's God's plan and that is greater than anything we can have um, and when I shared that I got you know um, a few people like Christians going amen and like good work and stuff like that um, I had a bunch of college friends saying, good luck with everything, you know, and I haven't spoken to them again since. But there was one comment that really caught me off guard. It was from a friend in secondary school, and she said, some, she said this. She said, as much as you know, I'm not a religious person. It's true, I did know this. <laughs> um, and it's weird that she had to clarify, you know I'm not a religious person. But this is what she said. As much as you know, I'm not a religious person. These are comforting words. Thank you. And that's, yeah, exactly. It was the most surprising comment. That was the one that impacted me the most. And even though, you know, not everyone is religious, but everyone can understand peace. Everyone can understand God's word. And maybe they don't get the full picture, but they understand love and they understand peace. They understand hope and all these different things. And we can share that with people. Um, 
And I remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15, for shoes put on the peace that comes from good news so that you'll be fully prepared. As we share good news, we bring peace. We don't bring condemnation. We don't bring judgment. We don't do that kind of thing. We share peace. That is what good news does. So, next point. Um, sharing is telling. Sharing is telling. As Christians, we are called to share the good news, and to do that, we have to tell someone. <laughs> it's really that simple. But at the same time, you understand it's not that simple. But there is a chapter, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So from that, the end goal is salvation, right? We want someone to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved, to have salvation. But to do that, it has to start all the way at the beginning with us telling him. And in fact, I made a little timeline and I wish I had a laser pointer or something to point at it, but I know that if I had a laser pointer, I would abuse that power easily. So, as it says in the verse, it starts with a believer, right? It always starts with a believer. And us in this room, we are the believer that starts that. Everyone, like, for their life, we are the believer in their, in their like, life. I don't know how I was phrasing that. That's a weird way of doing it. But um, as a believer, we share the Bible. We share the word. We tell someone. And by doing that, the person hears about Jesus, right? And then from that point on, they can choose to believe in him. And at that point, I get, you know, I get, I feel like it's a responsibility to make them believe. But it, it's only my responsibility to tell them. And whether they hear or not, that, that is up to them, right? And it, it is too much pressure upon yourself to say, I will make them believe. I will, you know, that's my responsibility. And from believing in them, they call on God to be saved, which is the best thing in the world. That's wonderful. And I thought what was very interesting about that is because they're now saved, now they're, they're the believer. Now they have the responsibility to share the Bible. Now, now another person will hear. It's that kind of, you know, it builds on each other. It, it, the cycle begins anew, I guess, kind of thing. Um, and that is how we all kind of got to know about God and Jesus was because a believer told us and someone told that believer. It is really weird when you start to think about it. So it is our responsibility to tell them. And it can be daunting to think ahead and think about, are they going to believe, are they not? Just tell them. Start, start with that. Simple steps. Um, it reminded me of the Samaritan woman in the village who was uh, collecting at the well. Um, and she, rec and, you know, she was having a conversation with Jesus, and she realized this was the Messiah. And as soon as she realized that, she ran back to the village, told everyone she knew, and then they went to hear Jesus themselves. And it is kind of like that. We go and tell other people, and then they, they make the decision to come to Jesus and hear from him because he's the one who's going to change their mind, not us, right? It, is, it reminds me of um, a scene from Dumb and Dumber, which is a really weird film to put into a preach, but there you go, where the main character, Lloyd, is confessing his love to this girl. He's saying, uh, what are the chances that me and you can be a couple? What are the chances? And she says, one out of a million. And, of course, that's a, that's a flat-out no. But his response to that is, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> and sometimes we need that optimism. You're telling me there's a chance. If I tell that person, 
there's a chance that continues. And we kind of ignore that. And we kind of go half-hearted and, well, maybe they won't, maybe they will. If you go half-hearted, you're not going to get the response you want. You're not going to get it because you've not put your heart and soul into it. Yeah. And um, along with this, if you continue that verse, that uh, Romans 10, um, the verse straight after it, Romans 10, 16, is uh, kind of daunting, but it's one to remember. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message. And then they reference these verses in Isaiah 65. The Lord says, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. All day long opened my arms to a rebellious people, but they follow their own evil paths and their own crooked schemes. That breaks my heart. <laughs> I don't know about you. But just as much as we might face rejection, God faces rejection tenfold, more than that even. And despite all that, he had open arms to the rebellious. And it's hard to remain compassionate to a person, but sometimes that's what we're called to be, compassionate. And to keep doing the things God has told us to do, right? To keep telling the good news, um, despite opposition. Now, I could give a guide on how to tell the good news, but I decided against that. Because A, I don't have enough experience to write a guide about that. But B, because it's a personal thing. It's not, some, it's not a script like this. Um, it's something that comes through conversation, through relationship with other people. It comes through testimony, like we saw earlier with the baptism testimonies. Those are amazing. And those are what people want to hear. How has God impacted your life? Why do you believe Christianity? So if you're going to do anything, I would recommend making a testimony. I, like write it down make sure you know what know the reason why so that you can share that with other people why you became a christian why you believe in the things you do how has it shaped your life how has it changed your life um to write those things down and have people have that answer so continuing on um i have fellowship is sharing sharing is fellowship sorry wrong one but um, sharing is fellowship. And whenever I think fellowship, I do think Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stay on it too long. I know there's like hardcore fans and there's people who just don't care. But um, just briefly, in Lord of the Rings, like the first one is called Fellowship of the Ring because um, they have this mission to take the ring to Mount Doom. But they're doing it together as a fellowship. It's not one person's job. It's all of their jobs. So that one, one person fails, another can pick them up. And you do see throughout the movie that they encourage and build on each other because it's too, it's too huge a task for one person to take on, right? And fellowship is such a profound look, form of Christian love. That's how we encourage each other. We build each other up. We challenge each other. We pray with each other. And, I mean, Life Church is based on this. It's an Acts 2.42 church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So... That's, that's fellowship. It's studying the Bible together. It's the breaking of bread, sharing meals. And it's praying with each other when things are tough, maybe, or when you need to rejoice. And that is how the disciples did it. They did it together. And if you need, like, a group, of, you need a fellowship, then Life Church is so many of them. <laughs> like, you do not have an excuse at this point. There are life groups. There's a curry night for the men. There's breakfast for people. Like, there are so many different opportunities you can take. There are so many different groups of people you can meet. Even not just ones that Life Church organizes, but, you know, the friends you have in this church. 
have a meal with each other, like break bread together. Um, not just with Christians, but with, you know, other people. Show that kindness, that compassion. Um, because that is how people get to know better about what a Christian lifestyle is like, what that relationship is like. And um, when we do talk about sharing the good news and um, speaking to other people, uh, it's like a seed is planted. But we can't just leave it at that. Um, fellowship also means building them up. It also means giving them the resources they need, answering the questions they have. It's not as simple, they've become a Christian, jobs are good. And it's more than that. You have a responsibility now to, you know, um, mature that in a way. As a brother or a sister in Christ, that is your responsibility. And it is, it is like the parable of the seed. Like, um, if it falls on the rocky ground or on the path, then, you know, it swoops away. Our job is to be kind of not just the root, but to just help people. It's to be a part of that. And uh, to close on it, I wanted to share a story of when I tried to invite people to church. Um, And if there's anything to go off of, this is what I want it to be. This is the main point. Um, So uh, in secondary school, I had a group of friends. I know, surprising. But but this was my first true group of friends. I had friends in primary school, but they weren't really friends until I came into secondary school. And uh, the Christmas carol service was coming up, you know, the perfect invitation to church. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to invent, I'm going to invite every single one of them. So that's 12 people total. Um, so I prayed to God about it. I got all those, I got a stack of those invitations, right, with um, the church and the time and everything. So when I gave everyone's Christmas cards out, I gave them an invitation as well. And I said, um, you know, come to the Christmas carol service. It'll be great. It'll be Christmassy. You know, you get to see my church. It'll be fun. Um, and everyone seemed keen about it. Everyone seemed like they were willing to go, like, yeah, 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 I'll check it. I'll see if, I'll see if my parents can give me a lift and stuff like that. But um, as the days went on, I had messages going, sorry, I can't come. Sorry, I've got stuff going on. Sorry, I can't get a lift, that kind of thing. And one by one by one, they started saying no until only one person came. One person showed up to that Christmas carol service. And there were two ways of looking at that. And for a long time, I thought of it as in the first way, that um, I failed. Eleven people said no. Eleven. They didn't come to church. They didn't hear the good news. I prayed to God about it, and eleven people didn't show up. And that's crushing. I did think about that for years. But then there's a second way of looking at that, and I think that's the God perspective. It's that one person came. One person showed up. One person got to hear the good news. One person got to have that choice. And it can be very daunting to think of the amount of people we want to save, but let's just focus on one, maybe. And, you know, God's proud of you whether you invite 12 or one person because you've invited a person. And that shows that, you know, you believe in God's message and that you're doing your mission by inviting that one person. So I want you to think of maybe a few people and pray about them. Maybe... You want to invite them to church. Maybe you want to invite them over for dinner, something like that. Maybe you just want to pray about them. I don't know what you want to do. But um, let's think of some names. Some names that we might want to write down, some names that we're going to pray about. That they'll come to know God, basically. That, that we get to at least have that opportunity to tell someone. And let's try and do that. Let's try and just tell someone. 
It's, it's really that simple. Don't overthink it. It's just telling someone. Make sure you, know, you just tell someone. <laughs> I don't know how much easier I can make it sound. Yeah. So I invite you to do that because that is the way we show God's love. And that is what love does. Love shares. Love shares with brothers and sisters in Christ. Love shares to people who don't yet know Jesus. Love shares. So on that note, I'm going to close in prayer. And while I'm doing that, maybe you want to think of some names. Um, yeah, I'll close in prayer then. So, God, we thank you for today. And we thank you for this church and this community, this fellowship, God. Uh, I thank you that we all came here because someone told us. Or someone told the person who told us, etc., etc. And I pray that we get to have the opportunity, God. That even if it's a one in a million chance, we take that chance that we don't do it half-hearted, that we don't sugarcoat what you have to say, that we tell them as it is, that we share the gospel and what you've done in our lives, God, because what you've done in our lives is incredible and it's worth sharing with other people. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.